this is called Actions. Um, it is February 11, 2023. And we've been experiencing some really unique dreams and visions and miracles. And we just kind of wanted to touch base with Jay, a returning guest, and uh, talk about some of these things and kind of just dive into what it is to have a relationship with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And what I'm experiencing with a lot of other Christian friends is everybody seems like they're just kind of being called to be bold in the spirit and speak out as much as possible to, you know, save a soul from eternal death. So we just wanted to kind of touch base on those things and kind of jump in there. Something that prompted me to reach out to Jay was a dream that I had yesterday. And something that came up in the dream was keys. And at the very beginning, when I first heard God speak to me, um, it started with keys. And so anytime I see keys, I know there's something important there. Um, I just out to cover that area once again, and I've shared it many times with our listeners. Um, I grew up um, going to church. I went to a Lutheran church, did the catechism thing. Um, I don't really remember having a God speak to me. I don't remember really having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, it wasn't till many years later that 9-11 happened about January 27, 2002 was the day that I was out running and I just was doing a personal inventory and I felt like, you know, I had a lot to be grateful for, but I, I just went to God like a child and I said, God, I have a lot to be grateful for, but there's a void in my heart and I don't understand what it is. And the very next day is when I could hear him speak to me. And I was out running again, and I heard him say, clear your mind, awaken your soul three times. And he told me that was the title of a book I was going to write. And then shortly after, there was a set of keys in the road, and I picked him up, and I heard him say, I've given you the keys, now run with it. On the, that keychain, there was a keychain on those keys that led me to a very large Southern Baptist church in Atlanta, where I was baptized in front of my friends as a believer, I went on mission with the church. I was very active in the choir, um, delivered um, the uh, offertory prayer. That was on TV. Scary stuff. Being on TV, doing a prayer in front of thousands of people. But anyway, you know, right. God calls us and we step up. But this dream I had um, had keys in it. And the, and the keys represent represented taking the keys away from a, it was a ceremony that was satanically, you know, the agenda was satanic. And somehow I had gotten keys to prevent that ceremony from happening in the dream. And it was, when I woke up, I felt uh, a sense of liberation from all this. You know, we've talked about it, Jay, many times about the, if there's any weakness in anyone around you and the adversary can't get directly to you, it will use the weakness of others around you to kind of slow you down, trip you up, get you distracted from doing God's work. And that's what I had been experiencing, um, sad to say, with my own family. So um, I, when I had that dream, I felt very liberated and a sense of um, 
a shift in me to be stronger. And I had mentioned a dream to you a couple days before that. That was on four days before that dream. And I was talking to a coworker very loudly um, at lunchtime about the Bible. She's also a believer. And then um, one of these, the little girl would kept saying Carrie's last name, Dr. Carrie Made, Made, Made. And so I looked it up and then you sent me a link to, um, the, that was a, the Geometra, Geometria um, number from her name. And then you sent me a link to Bible Hub. Um, and I don't know if you wanted to explain to me what your um, interpretation of that was, but I felt that um, those two dreams had significance to mm-hmm. me. And again, just before, Jay, before you, before you start uh, talking, given uh, your, your comments, I, I just want to introduce the audience in case they haven't heard uh, of our guest. His name is Jay Hardin, H-A-R-D-I-N. And they could, they could listen to the previous conversations we've had with Jay <clears throat> by finding a call to actions podcasts and hearing our uh, on the spot uh, interviews with Jay. Uh, Jay Harden, uh, welcome <laughs> back to a call to I'm actions. I'm sitting in Jay's chair. Oh yeah. Jay's, yes. This is Jay's chair. I'm, I'm borrowing your chair. <laughs> I, 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 I dubbed it your chair because when you came over and we would do our, have our discussions <laughs> the the chair it's like a manila color and it looks like it has like postage uh, <laughs> postage stamps as if you would like travel around the world and that's Jay's chair. <laughs> Anyways, Jay, welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, thank you. And you know it's uh, it's a pleasure to be on again and share my experiences and the things that I've learned uh, on this journey. You know, um, much in a similar way. Uh, Kimberly, to you, you know, you ran into me while I was out there holding up a sign, yeah. and um, you know, I was uh, a late bloomer, I guess you could say, or maybe a prodigal, if you want to go that route. Mm. Um, I was baptized when I was uh, nineteen, but then just sort of walked away. It didn't really do anything um, for the Lord or for God, at least to my knowledge. I mean, he uses us all, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But uh, I wasn't actively trying to do anything or uh, seeking him. And, you know, uh, in 2019, that's when um, something happened and my eyes were open and um, everything changed uh, after I read the Bible all the way through the first time. And... um, after studying and looking at the differences in the four Gospels and then, you know, uh, having some dreams, I don't have that many dreams, but uh, there are a few dreams that I consider to be prophetic. And, um, you know, those are, those are uh, messages, you know, from God either for the time right now or a time to come. And yeah. um, you got to remember that every little thing that uh, is presented to us um, you know, with the spirit of discernment, you need to realize, okay, um, you know, is this a, a little message that I like to correct a path or is this just more like um, something that you could be focusing on right now? There, there are a lot of different messages and we all have our own uh, pressure points and praise God for knowing exactly how to push our buttons, to get us to do 
what we what we need to do because um, you know like Jonah we don't always necessarily want to do something but it's always in our best interest to follow the beckoning of the Holy Spirit and to um, you know be obedient uh, because it's it always works out better for us it just, <laughs> just it does you know it's tough to sometimes it's tough to trust because we don't see the whole picture but that's um, where the building of the faith comes in so you know, as we're on this road and we get knocked down and he picks us back up, um, it is a matter of building faith. So mm. along in my studies, I learned about the Gematria where, you know, it's a practice that goes back thousands of years for Jewish, uh, you know, rabbis, priests. And uh, they look at the numerical value of words because, uh, you know, Hebrew was created by God as like the original language and it is a three-tiered language a lot of people know alphabets they know numerical values because the Romans <clears throat> you know in our in our education we learn about Romans and how they use the letters for different numerical values but all that was you know 4,000 years before the Romans came in mm -hmm. and um the you know God designed it so that certain words would have a numerical value, and when we see numbers um, in our daily lives, I know a lot of a lot of believers are seeing repeated ones, twos, mm -hmm. threes. You know, eleven, eleven is worldwide. Mm -hmm. um, there, are, you know, seven twenty six. When you see that, which is uh, the strong number for um, harpazo, which is the snatching away, or you know, in you know, modern language, the rapture. Yeah. Excuse me. And um, all of these, all of these things, all of these numbers, all of these um, uh, messages that we receive are just different ways that God can communicate to us based upon where we are in our walk and our learning and state of mind. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Sometimes we don't feel like listening, and sometimes it's just in your face. Uh, hey, you really need to pay attention to this. Keeping faith. But, yeah, you know, and, and at the end, uh, just remember that we have angels assigned to us to guide us and help us. And as we pray, uh, you know, to the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus, then those angels would be directed to, you know, help us. I mean, each of us really does have a guardian angel that's serving you know god in order to help bring us through this um, um you know experience so anyway uh the gematria and the strong's numbers are one of the ways that god can communicate and people that uh, are led to study these things and study the bible and look at the words the specific words that are used and where they are used uh those that opens up it's it's like a an invitation i would say it's a it's an invitation based upon where you are in your learning that god can begin to um, send more messages to you mm -hmm. uh in different ways mm -hmm. and you know this is where the spirit of discernment comes in because the enemy uses numbers too and you know 666 and all that stuff that's used by the enemy to communicate their business mm -hmm. you know numbers are just numbers but um, because we are actively seeking to understand what the Lord is trying to tell us and we're actively um, 
you know, on our walk, then it allows God to open up those channels of communication. So, you know, dreams, that's a prophecy that's being fulfilled. You know, he'll pour out his spirit on all flesh in the last days. And the tribulation saints actually get a double portion. Um, and that's a, you know, type and shadow of Elijah and Elisha when he was taken up in the chariot and Elisha put on his mantle and got the double portion of the spirit, you know. That's a uh, rapture, tribulation, saint scenario. And so all of these things are leading us to, well, that uh, great day when we stand before it, the Bema seat, you know. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of confusion out there about who goes in the rapture, who doesn't. And based on what I understand, it's simply those who have oil in their lamps. And by that, I mean, are you sealed by the Holy Spirit? Or are you not? You know, God is like a binary thing. You either are, are in the body of Christ and you believe or you don't believe. You know, it's mm -hmm. that's it. And uh, once you believe, you are sealed because that moment you believe, you have been purchased by Jesus' sacrifice. He purchased you with his own blood. And he's not going to say, well, I purchased you. And, you know, but you didn't like do what I wanted all the time or you couldn't overcome this, you know, sin for whatever reason. He already paid for all of that. And he's coming to take you when yeah. he uh, saves us from the darkness that's about to rise. Yeah. Well, uh, it's continuing to rise, but the real darkness hasn't been revealed yet. And, you know, uh, to any any believer, you know, once I could speak for myself, um, you know, I... Uh, I grew up Nazareth, which I, at the time, I didn't really understand what it was. But that's not not really the point. It was a you know I started at a young age, and I got so excited to go to church. And uh, uh, to me, it wasn't really church. It was going and it was communion. It wasn't uh, you know like something that's mandatory that you have to do as part of the routine. Let's get go ahead and get it over with once a week. To me, it was it was communion and fellowship even at a, a young age but um you know i didn't really understand what faith was you know being young or what the certainly what the holy spirit was and and something that that i still struggle with sometimes is is believe sometimes believing things are too good to be true sometimes um but yeah, I, then when, when I catch myself thinking that way, I have to remind myself that, whoa, this is not too good to be true. It's actually occurring, and you should, you should look at it like an awesome blessing, you know, or, or I should. Um, you know, like salvation through, through Jesus, you know, Holy Spirit by God's will and his grace. Sometimes one may feel as if that's too good to be true because we we do make mistakes and sin uh, every day. But um you know we just got to keep reminding ourselves and and hope you know hopefully we we have people in our lives that can uh, help remind us that you know these these blessings around us are not by by chance, and really to look within 
within ourselves and you know ensure that that we install god in into our spirit and when that occurs the the effect which science cannot explain that actually allows us to to become one with god you know put, putting god in us allows us to become one with god so it's like you know inside but but out you know science would only be able to I think probably to uh, accumulate that to you know multi-dimensional or interdimensional uh, capabilities, but you know they they just wouldn't be able to really explain that. But God, God is just far beyond what science can explain. And you know, I just wanted to close this this comment of mine with, well, um, you know, come to find out some awesome things are not too good to be true they're actually awesome blessings and you know we should humble ourselves and be be grateful that and that's something you know that i confess and that that uh that i deal with on a on a high level but um you know god's always there to remind me and you know for for that i can't I can't give enough. There's, an, I'll never be able to repay God. Um, so I mean, no one can. That's the whole point. <laughs> the carnal mind wants to work for salvation. You know, this whole world is designed to tell you that you don't have any worth until you've contributed some value. So true. God is the exact opposite. He yeah. created you with infinite value from the beginning, and you don't have to prove anything to Him. Anything. Ever. Yeah. The only thing God wants you to do is to believe and trust in him. That's why I think this is a perfect opportunity to just simply give the gospel. Because it's the simplicity in Christ that saves and gives people a new life and more abundant life. The gospel is simply, if you truly believe that Jesus Christ lived a perfect sinless life, God made flesh, he laid down his glory, and he was crucified on the cross, paying for your sins according to the scriptures. Well, you know, everything was written way beforehand by God himself about what he would do. He crucified himself, he shed his blood to purchase us from our sins, forgive everything, and then he died and he was buried and he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures, mm -hmm. as it was foretold. Mm -hmm. When you believe that, that's it. When yeah. you believe it, God is a witness and sends his Holy Spirit to seal you for that day of redemption. When he comes to claim his purchased possession. You see, you're the, you know, you're the diamond in the field that the man found and then sold everything for that's a, you know, that's the way God looks at each of us. Anyone who would ever believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ and trust in him for their salvation is a diamond in a field. And God spent himself to purchase us. Oh, yeah. And that's it. You know, the other stuff, being obedient and um, learning about God, that's our own personal effort 
with usually the help of the Holy Spirit because there are some things we just can't understand unless it's revealed to us. Mm -hmm. But all that stuff is our own personal involvement, involvement with God and getting to know Him personally and our fellowship and our walk with Him. But the salvation part, that's done. Right. And you can't ever lose that. No. You can't lose it. And a lot of people think that you can lose it. And um, it's just not scriptural that you can lose salvation. Because otherwise, how, you know, a, a person must be born again. You can't be born again again. Once you're born again, that's it. <laughs> and born again is being sealed by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, believing and trusting. And there's, there's so much, there's so, there are so many verses in the Bible that are talking about, you know, if you do something, you know, sinful, there are earthly consequences for that. You know, you could die early, you know, something, you know, corruption, we reap corruption in the flesh when we, when we do this, the wages of sin is death. All that's about things that can happen to a physical body. And, um, you know, those, those are, are terrible consequences sometimes, but we've already been forgiven. We've been accepted and, you know, into the family of the Lord. He's already paid for all of our sins. Eternally, we are seated with him in heavenly places, completely justified in, for God because Jesus stands in our place. He's, remember that we're wearing his righteousness while we're here on earth and eventually we'll have our glorified body and we'll reflect his perfect righteousness, you know? Mm. Yeah. And, um, and just want to remind people of that because uh, it's easy for the enemy to attack us and say, oh, you're not doing enough. You're not um, studied like for me, <laughs> okay? You're not studying enough. You're not standing out there on your sign like you used to. How, how come you're not doing that? How come you're not doing this? It's all works-based stuff. The enemy's trying to get me yeah. to feel guilty about you know, not working or getting tired. Why are you tired? You know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And same, it's, same it's here, subtle. Yeah. yeah, it's subtle and it's easy. But just remember that all of this is allowed for certain reasons. Certain attacks are allowed because in the end, I think it'll build faith. You know, a lot of people fall flat on their face, just like I did when I, you know, was a, uh, you know, 19, and came to the end of themselves. And um, they, you know, have been attacked. They're at ground, you know, they're at rock bottom. The enemy thinks that they've won because, oh, look, I beat him, you know, or beat that person down to the ground. Well, what does God always do? He always reaches down and lifts us back up. Right. What is no matter that? how powerful the enemy seems, God's more powerful. And you'll see that people that fall, the farthest are the ones that usually rise the highest when God picks them back up and sets them right and clears the way before them and, you know, <laughs> covers them with their, with his feathers. And, uh, you know, they are under his wings from that point on. And it's just, uh, you know, Psalm 91 all over again. I think that he's never, he's never going to let us go. No, no, we, we have to have faith. And, you know, that word faith is used a lot, though seldomly, I, from what I've heard, seldomly do we actually break down 
what faith actually means. <clears throat> to me, you know, we could talk all day about what it is, but to me, how, how I understand it, it, one part of how I understand it is I look at the world as compared to God's planet, right? Or uh, the non-believers as opposed to the believers. And the non-believers believing only in what they can see and what they can measure with their tools. But, but believers, those of us who have faith, believe in more than we can see and more than we can measure with tools. Uh, to me, that's living life beyond the third dimension. And having faith in more than the third dimension or of which we can measure and see, to me, is a good example of faith. Um, that's just kind of the underlying part of it, uh, faith in God. I mean, I, I may have to use this in the future to convert um, con to convert those who only believe in science. So, well, you know, what the Bible says faith is in Hebrews 11, 1 is faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's it. You know, remember that people that turn to Christ now are actually granted repentance by God. You know, if you're at a point where you're ready to believe, you know, God's worked people in your life. He's worked the, he's, you know, the seed's been planted. When you're finally ready, God's going to show up there and he's going to, he's going to um, grow that seed into a huge, you know, tree. Um, what is it? The mustard seed that grows yeah. into the, you know, the biggest tree or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when you finally realize that, there are things unseen that there's, you know, you're really hoping for the promises, really trusting in the promises that God says, you know, who he says he is, he is, and what he says he's going to do, he's going to do. Because all of that's, you know, you can't see that with the eyes. That's why, you know, walking by faith, not by sight is, is um, something that really only the Christian can do. Mm -hmm. Because... That's the trust in the unseen. It's the trust you can't see with your eyes. And people that right. are only scientific and will only look at things that can be seen right. are missing probably one of the greatest um, counterexamples of all time. And that is that everything that you can see and touch did not exist at one time and was fabricated out of nothing. Right. Yeah. So everything that you think is concrete and exists is actually something that isn't concrete and does not exist. <laughs> the only thing that exists is the is the stuff that doesn't exist, you know? Cuz God cuz everything that we have this whole experience is created from nothing. So that's the right. only true reality yeah. that there is, you know. God is there waiting for us to, you know, complete our, you know, school class that we're in and be with him forever. And the people that just don't get that are, you know, focusing on these minute details, but not understanding the bigger picture of if you can touch it, see it, taste it, 
it doesn't exist. It's not, it's not the true reality. Right. Yeah. You know? you know, someone, you know, say, say the most hardcore, um, like atheist scientists or agnostic scientists out there, uh, quantum physicists or, you know, whatever. I mean, they go to a restaurant, they might not know exactly what they're going to get, but they have faith that they're going to be able to taste it, right? <laughs> right. So they have faith in they have faith in their taste uh, in their taste buds, but they're not willing to have faith in more than they can personally touch or see. That's just kind of strange to me. I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe the human being is designed to have faith. Mm. It's just where you place that faith determines, you know, your uh, well, your destination. You know, uh, a person will put their faith in uh, human beings or they'll put their faith in some organization or they'll put their faith in quote-unquote science mm -hmm. or they'll put their faith, their faith in themselves, you know, right. uh, because those are things that can be seen and right. things that have evidence. But God has given us the evidence already that he exists. The fact that we exist, yeah. you know, if you look at how the body is made and how it has, you know, uh, biological computers to do error correction and DNA code, like all of that was created, all of that is known now, um, and it's just a simple denying of uh, the truth at that point. A lot of people um, aren't ready to accept the fact that um, they've done some wrong, and there's no amount of right you can do that's going to justify you in the eyes of God. Yeah. Maybe you know that's a hard thing to get over, man. It would um, be when you realize yeah. that you you're just on your own. You're not good enough to do anything. But at the same time, on your own, the only thing that's required for you to be good enough is to believe that God already did the work for you through Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but you know, I told you about the conversation. I'm sorry. We'll get to you. I'm sorry, Kimberly. I'm taking up time. About oh, no, no. Dreams and <laughs> no, no, You're no. fine. But, you know, just, no problem. What we need to hear. We had that conversation with our um, Lyft driver on the way to the airport. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I you want know, to hear this one. Um, yeah. You know, we were on our way. I was on my way to Chicago because I just uh, got a new job. And uh, this guy was, uh, you know, I could tell he was very into spiritual things. Mm -hmm. And... Um, was a self-identified Christian. Mm -hmm. And at some point in the conversation, I asked him, well, what is the gospel of your salvation then? Because that kind of determines whether you're a Christian or not. That's a good question. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, what is it that you think will save your soul? I mean, you know, that's kind of a, that's a deep question for <laughs> someone that's spiritual. That, that, yeah, that catch me off guard, dude, especially being... okay. A, but yeah, good. Well, you know, he was spouting off, you know, I uh, always try to do this, I do that. Everything he was saying was completely workspace. Mm, mm -hmm. And he knew that there were, you know, spirits out there and, um, you know, he was sanctifying himself. He used that, uh, those words a lot. But mm. <clears throat> the truth is, is that, you know, we're sanctified by the obedience of one. And that one was Jesus Christ. You know, we're covered by the blood of one, and the one who shed his blood was Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, 
all the works that we are ever required to do is to believe on him whom the Father has sent, which is Jesus Christ. Like, it all points back to Jesus. So if you're not pointing to Jesus for your, you know, salvation, then you don't have it. And um, he, you know, I explained, I gave him the simple gospel that we, you know, said earlier. And he said, well, you know, I just can't believe that one person can, um, you know, take my sins by, you know, being crucified because, you know, sin is a negative and him being murdered on the cross was negative. And how do two negatives make a positive? You know, he had also confessed that he was a mathematical genius. <laughs> this poor man uh, yes. had been deceived by the enemy. And that's all it is, is that he had learned some information and believed it to be true when it was categorically false. And so hmm. I explained to him that two negatives can only make a positive if you multiply. And who is it that is the great multiplier other, you know, other than God and that he is the great multiplier because that is his power. You know, we sow the seeds, but who gives the increase? Who multiplies it? That's God. Gosh. You know, he told us the command in the beginning after he made Adam, go forth and multiply. You know, um, he's, he's the great multiplier. That is his power. And that is something that the human mind cannot on its own understand. Um, so anyway, after I told him God is a great multiplier and God can make a positive out of two negatives by multiplying, mm -hmm. I said, not only did uh, Jesus pay for your sin, but he paid for the sins of anyone who would ever believe on him, past, present, and future. That's the multiplication of God. And it's ironic, you know, as I, I, I actually said these words to him, I said, it's ironic that the one thing that saves you is the one thing you refuse to believe. Because he said, I can't believe that someone can just pay for my sins. They're my sins. Who, who can take my sins off of me? And I said, you know, my friend, <laughs> my brother, mm -hmm. that's the only thing that saves you is to believe that he actually took your sins from you and to trust in him. And so at that, you know, and that was the end of the conversation, but... Yeah. That is the great deception that the enemy places on people, making them think that they have to work for their salvation. When God just gave it freely to them yeah. if you just accept it, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I think that he will. I think the seed was planted that day. And, um, you know, at some point I'll, I know we'll see him um, in the kingdom. But yeah. he's got some stuff to work through right now. You know, we all do. But yeah. Um, you know, I pray for that man because he was a, a very enlightened person, but had believed some things, you know, he had believed some lies of the enemy, basically. And that's all it is, it's the enemy. Yeah, that, that's a, 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 an instant classic in my book, um, what you said to that man, <clears throat> that the, on, the only one that can make a positive out of two negatives is the great multiplier. Or you know, or through through multiplica multiplication, two negatives can make a positive. Through multiplication, who's the great multiplier? That, yeah, I remember you uh, you texted me that, and I was like floored because I'd, I'd never heard anything like that. I knew the math, 
I remember the math, although I have not been very good at math <laughs> since fifth grade. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. And, you know, what you said to that man, I'll, I will remember for the rest of my life. Well, I don't think it was me that said it, you know. I mean, the Holy oh, Spirit well, was working through me true. the whole time, mm-hmm. you know. And um, it is, uh, you know, I was grateful to be used in that situation because I would want someone to show me how wrong I was, even if it's such a simple matter. I mean, everybody knows if you multiply two negatives, you get a positive. Yeah. But for whatever reason, he was choosing to ignore that information. And that is, you know, a symptom of the problem where people are choosing to ignore certain pieces of information in favor of others. And these, you know, uh, truths, you know, some are self-evident, some are learned. But these uh, universal truths are something that should not be ignored. And the universal, you know, uh, there's so much information out there now that it's easy to get mixed up and go down a rabbit hole and, uh, you know, lose your way. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you find a universal truth, you need to hold on to that and reevaluate it based in, you know, in the light of new evidence. You know, um, when I took a philosophy class in college, one of the great things that I learned about that is that a true reasoner will evaluate everything that they have in their mind all the time. Because when new information comes in, it's possible that something you previously held to be true is actually false. And you need to adjust your um, belief set, if you want to call it that. You know, when I was, I learned about those things when I did mathematical logic in graduate school. You know, we have these belief sets, these sets of beliefs. And if your belief set is rigid, you know, you have to realize that as we're learning, we're going to believe things that are just categorically false. You know, when you're a kid, how many things do you know now that you thought were true when you were a kid? Oh, you know? boy. I, it doesn't change when you get older. I'm still the, recovering. The changes is you get a hold of the Bible and you realize, oh, wow. Okay, this is true. And it's <laughs> dim- yeah. you know, demonstrably true. Uh, because of history and everything in the Bible is backed up by archaeological evidence, by you know eyewitness accounts, um, you know also, and it was foretold. So like once you understand that and you realize, okay, everything in here is true, and yes, the Bible actually has been preserved because that was another of this man's arguments. Um, well, you know they corrupted everything, and the Bible doesn't really say what it says, and. I said, well, you know, they still have the parchments in museums. You can go see it. Like, (laughs) you know, the words are still there. God's going to watch over his own word. He's not going to allow the enemy to destroy it or or change it. You know, there's the the original texts are still there. They still have them. And guess what? They find stuff in the, you know, around the Dead Sea all the time. The, you know, scrolls and vases that have been in a cave for like a thousand, two thousand years or, or more. You know, they just like. They found um, something that had to do with uh, the New Wine Festival. It was like a couple of years ago, but it was from the time of like the great prophets, you know, Isaiah, <laughs> 700 BC or whatever. Yeah. And um, 
I mean, they find stuff all the time, and God does it on purpose. Hold on. Did you say the, the Great Wine Festival? Well, uh, well yeah. the Great Prophets, but there's, there's, there's um, you know, Pentecost, but then you also have the yeah. Feast of New Wine. You have the Feast oh, of uh, yeah, yeah. the Wheat Harvest. You have yeah. the Feast of, I think, Barley, something else. And so, like, that feast there, you yeah. know, I hadn't studied it, but that those the scrolls de describing those feasts have been found oh, wow. just a couple of years ago. Man, I would have I would have loved to be a guy to to be a guy yeah, well, be the first guy to actually read the translated texts of that. I bet that's interesting. I mean, the guy that found it. I mean, you could tell that it's it's uh, uh, a fulfillment of a of a particular prophecy mm -hmm. um, because the guy who found it. I mean, if you go into who he was and um, you know all the people that find this stuff, he found the ark. You know, um, that's a thing that was found. The ark has been found, and they found it right under the place where Jesus was crucified. And the blood was still on the ark, and they tested it, and the blood, guess what, is still alive. <laughs> the blood is still alive. Wow. Who's, and the, the, you know, the, they the found Hebrews it. or the Jews that were testing it, like, how is this possible? And the guy's like, well, uh, that's your Messiah. That's the blood from your Messiah. His blood never dies Holy because he has mom. eternal life. I wonder if you they're know, gonna try to clone Jesus, dude. No, I'm not going into. I'm not going into that. Sorry. There's no way. No. Nope. There's no way. No. Nope. Now the enemy will bring back their Nephilim, of course, and they're already here. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You have people that drink blood and do blood sacrifices mm -hmm. and all that stuff. I mean, the enemy's at work, and the enemy's gonna bring about their genetic corruption again, just like we did in the days of Noah, which will cause. Um, the destruction, you know, of yeah. the uh, of everything. God has to return before everything is completely corrupted, and He will. Um, and that was uh, the video I did about the biblical significance of the number forty-two, which I I, I put out uh, probably a month ago or two. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, and it's, it's uh, where can people find it, that to look at at your uh, the stuff that you put out there. Oh, uh, just go to One Step Eternity on YouTube. One Step Eternity. Mm -hmm. and that's that's his uh, his channel on YouTube. On YouTube, One Step Eternity. Yeah, three on separate YouTube. words. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. I just want the listeners to know that they can go and review those things in detail. Go, going back to the Ark, if you don't mind. Um, I I didn't know that the Ark had been found, though. You know, growing Ark up, of the Covenant. Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Ark Covenant. Of the covenant. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, to, to and, uh, the Ark has been found, um, the like Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark. That was found in the mountains of Ararat, uh, somewhere around there, which Ararat translated as reverse the curse. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, um, the Ark was, you know, we're taught when we were kids, you know, the, these cartoon images of what the ark looked like with like, you know, with a lion and an elephant sticking their heads out the window smiling, you know, on this little ark. Um, I just, if I seen the ark, I, I know that I would be just, I would be floored by, by the size. Uh, though the shape, do we know the shape of the ark? Yeah. Um, there, there's a replica of one somewhere in like, I want to say Kentucky or God, I can't remember what state it is. I think it's Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, Western well, Kentucky. I mean, they do all kinds of um, pretty 
pretty awesome stuff. Yeah, but they they have like a life size, and you can go in it. Um, yeah, just Google that; you'll find it. Let's Sorry see. if it's not in Kentucky. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. The uh, the Ark of the Covenant. To, to those who who aren't too familiar with what the Ark of the Covenant is, um. Or those who still think it's a mystery of what the Ark of the Covenant is. Can you explain your perspective on that? Well, uh, that is the, you know, solid golden quote-unquote box with mm -hmm. the two cherubims on top uh, mm -hmm. that Moses had. And he put in the, you know, the tablets and the, the rod um, that turned into a snake and ate the pharaohs, you oh, know, wow. yeah. um, their sorcerer rods and... Mm -hmm. He had the, the bowl of manna uh, in there. And, you know, that was the Ark of the Covenant was what they kept in their temple in the Holiest of Holies, which is the, the place that had a curtain um, that you couldn't go into it except for once a year. Mm -hmm. And um, only the high, high priest who was completely sanctified, you know, uh, they have a whole bunch of rules that they had to follow. And if he went in there, um, you know, they always tied a little string around their feet because if he went in there and he wasn't completely sanctified and hadn't followed all of the law, he would actually die. He would just die in there and no one else was allowed to go in. So they'd have a string on their legs. We could pull them out in case wow. they died. Like it was serious. Yeah. And um, for uh, Hebrews that aren't covered by the blood uh, of Jesus – um, if they were to touch the ark, they would die. And, uh, you know, there's several, I think there's at least one account in the Bible of that. And that is, um, they were transporting the ark. Uh, I think David, yeah, King, somebody was transporting the ark and the, uh, ark got jostled and the cart was about to tip over. And one of somebody tried to put their hand out to steady it. And he died instantly when he touched it. Um, this guy that found the ark in Israel, uh, you know, he was, a, of course, a Christian, and uh, he approached the ark, and the, the other Jews stayed back. Um, he approached the ark, and he could feel the heat coming off of it, and he was able to touch it because he's covered by the blood, yeah, completely sanctified, righteous. And, um, you know, that, that like, he, he accounts for that in his story. But, yeah, it's... You mean you touch it and you're not covered by the blood, you're dead. <laughs> God's not going to allow you to touch it. So vampires, watch out. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, I mean, it's just a matter of um, the power of God and how uh, he doesn't play around when it comes to his own prophecy. Wow, and that's his powerful. own, um, you know, his own instruments mm -hmm. that will, you know, work out his... Uh, good pleasure <laughs> yeah. and it is good pleasure I, uh for us so you guys i want to ask one question you guys all right when <laughs> when our general uh jesus christ our savior returns if you could ask him one question what would you ask you know i've actually uh, played that scenario in my mind a whole lot and um, I had a dream about it. And basically, here's how the conversation goes. I don't say anything, and I listen, and then Jesus leaves. <laughs> because there isn't anything I can say that he doesn't already know. 
and he already knows exactly what to say in order to answer every question I'll ever ask. Yeah. So <laughs> there's no conversation. Right. It's just me listening and saying, yeah, you're right. That's what I'm going to do. Right. Uh, I, I've I, had I, dreams like that, and that's the way the conversation is going to go. I, I, I would ask him, hey, I, I would be so – well, on in this body, I know I would be really nervous. <laughs> I would have a really bad case of queasy knees. I'd be wobbling like a wobbly saw. <laughs> you could probably hear me wobbling. And I would ask him, can you show me what you've prepared for us as soon as as soon as possible? Uh, that I, that's just what I would ask him. I just I can't imagine, you know, what he's prepared or what he's been up to. I was uh, I was telling Kimberly this a couple days ago on a walk. You know, he's not just up there, just like standing, you know, somewhere. I don't think um, he's he's literally been doing something, and it's unimaginable in these these earthly bodies that we're in to even imagine. So, you know, I we can try, but. It's not even going to come anywhere close, you know, to what Jesus has prepared for us. It's just unimaginable. The Holy Spirit's everywhere all at once. Always. Yeah. I think most yeah. people, most people yeah. would probably, probably ask them, where you been, man? <laughs> That's probably not a good question for them, though. Um because well, his, because his he never left. <laughs> right, his timing's perfect you know, too. He sent it yeah. up to heaven, sent the spirit down, and you know, been there ever since. So yeah, now the timing's perfect. So those those that are getting impatient, just hold on. You know, uh, there's so much. Well, to be impatience. For. I mean, remember that impatience is kind of a human temporal thing, and. You know, impatience comes from you thinking you know when it's best that something should happen. Yeah. And the fact is, that's just not true. Yeah. Uh, God already has his plan. He already made his plan before he created the whole universe. And everything that ever happened in your life and anyone else's life was, you know, a construct of that creation. He already knows how it all plays out. Every detail of your life has already been planned, you know, and... So to be impatient is just a misunderstanding of you don't know the plan and why things happen the way they happen when they happen. Um, however, he has provided the guidelines for us as to when things will happen by his prophecy. And remember that everything that Jesus said, Jesus spoke by the spirit of prophecy, which is the Holy, Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, that is to tell us and warn us and guide us through um, the days, you know, that we live, whether it's the end times or the early church age or, you know, before that. Um, well, I guess before that, it would, spirit wouldn't have been given, so you would have had to listen to the prophets. But, <laughs> you know, they had the Holy Spirit on them. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, all throughout this, everything has been worked according to his his pleasure. That's why he says he declares the end from the beginning. He did it all. He did it all. Yeah. That my personal, um, you know, talking about faith and and trust and how God, you know, can see our path before we even understand what we're in the middle of. 
just reminds me of my personal experience when he asked me to, and he said I, I was out running and he said I need to speak to my children, all my children, and I was weeping because it, it was just such a powerful um, experience with God. And I, you know, I said, okay, you know, yes to whatever it is that you need me to do. I didn't know at the time what that meant. Um, and then three days later, he gave me the vision for the Seven Star Pals books. And it took four and a half years to complete that process. Sure, I was impatient along the way. It was a lot of challenges, five different illustrators, um, lots of lessons for myself personally. And, you know, I, I equate that to one, I had the faith that when I said yes to what he put on my heart, it never dawned on me to give up on it. It never dawned on me to experience everything I had to experience, which took four and a half years. Um, I was I was just honored to be part of it. I was honored that he asked me to be part of it, that I could be his hands and feet, and, and it did get completed. And recently, um, um, I have a, had a counselor at Westlake Elementary School. Um, she now has a set of books, and they're going to, work those cool. in. that's this is even funnier because Bob uh, God gave me the vision for um, this needs to be written into the curriculum the seven virtues and um, he had me create um, an acronym called seed which is social emotional empowerment development that's for the kids planting the seeds with the virtues watering <laughs> them mm -hmm. and I love it their their program is social emotional well-being so we're sowing seeds together <laughs> with the children with God's yeah. vision. I looked. I, I looked at it. I was like, I was like, we're sowing seeds. I was like, um, they have so we have seeds. You're going to be sowing. <laughs> They're sowing, sowing seeds. seeds, Kimberly. <laughs> yep. So Pretty I just amazing. love how you know. Look at how look how God lays uh, that out. I mean, who could lay that out? I couldn't lay it out. Turn and that volume down a little bit. This Sorry. is over a period of you know. In 2006, he gave me the vision. It was done four and a half years later, and now we're all the way up how many years later. And I've had to be patient because there's been a lot of roadblocks along the way where something will start on a path, and then it gets stopped. I'm not sure why it gets stopped. I'm not sure if it's the enemy trying to get in the way. I'm not sure if it's just not the right timing. But you know, I'm still obedient and, and being whatever the Holy Spirit lays on my heart. I reached out to um, next door and put it out there. And that's when a first grade teacher saw it and connected with me and got me to get the books over to their counselor. So it's just, that was all a divine path and where it goes from here. I, I mean, I don't know, but I'm excited that all that way back then that God had a vision and that part of that vision is Sowing seeds. Really, it's always since God always has His will fulfilled. It's it's always in God's will. So really, the enemy was dead upon arrival, pretty much. I mean, in all attacks from the enemy, if when God can use those as blessings in disguise, you know, for us to learn and grow, and since God already knows that that was going to happen then like all attacks from the enemy are pretty much useless anyways kind of well you know there's uh 
there is, you know, the component of free will that, you know, God allows free will to happen. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the only way you really know who loves you and who doesn't. It's, it's sacred. Uh, if you allow free will. Mm-hmm. So, you know, God wants people that, that uh, want to be with him. You know, shocker. So, uh, you know, the enemy is just simply trying to keep people from wanting to be with God, telling lies about God, and, you know, there's such an aversion to uh, Christianity nowadays because people have their own Jesus. They don't, they, they look at a Christian and their faults and say, well, I don't want to have anything to do with that because look at that person, you know, instead of, I really want to have something to do with Jesus, look at who Jesus really was, right. you know. Uh, and just by reading the Bible, but they won't, you know, and it's a deception of the enemy. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, these these attacks, you know, the enemy has free will, uh, Satan has free will, and he will attack and do everything that he can in order to keep people from being drawn to Jesus. So, you know, at, it's, uh, it's, it's above my pay grade to understand how God engineers a person's life so that they finally come to repentance, granted repentance, and then saved from the enemy. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how he does it, but I'm, you know, I praise him and glorify his name as much as I can because, uh, you know, where would I be if he hadn't done that for me? You know, well, it's, it's, I, I think I remember I... life, be- what it was like before Jesus, and I remember life, what it was like, you know, after Jesus, and, um, Man, you know, the attacks uh, get worse, but at the same time, look who my dad is. <laughs> right. I, right. Like, yeah, I look, I look back. I was attacked before I met Jesus. I had no help. And now, you know, I'm attacked now that I know Jesus. And it's like, eh, I got the armor. Yeah. Get behind me. Get behind me. I got the shield. I got, <laughs> it's not my breastplate of righteousness. It's Jesus. And he gave it to me himself. I right. mean, you now, know, there's a, I'm good. Now <laughs> that, now that, that is, you know, I'm fine. Yeah. Now, now that is living life. You know, that's actually being alive. And, you know, the perspectives that, that I had, like you mentioned before we accepted the Holy Spirit, Christ and God, um, it was like living and, you know, we, we can still have memories of it. You had fear is what you had. You know, we weren't actually alive. Because, like, now it's, like, I know what feeling alive feels like. But comparing it to where my spirit was and how I felt before I accepted uh, the greatest revolutionary of all time, the one who can uh, revolutionize spirits, Jesus, you know, I was, it was like, being dead because we were spiritually dead you know mm-hmm. yeah that's how i feel about it what about you Kim? well i was just gonna i was reminded of when i you know had my conversation with god and and at that time you know received the holy spirit and i didn't understand any of that at the point i just was experiencing this crazy amount of joy and I was on fire and I wanted to know everything about the Bible that I had missed along the way and I just poured my everything into the church and it was an amazing experience and I I had so much creativity and you know I wrote 
I wrote down something that I didn't understand at the time. Um, and I still refer back to this because it wasn't me writing it. It was me, my hand writing, mm-hmm. but it was the Holy Spirit putting the words on the paper. Um, and I wrote, um, give God the glory, give God the glory. Oh, what was it? Give God the glory. Um, I'm missing a word in there somewhere, but I said, I am a disciple. And I wrote that down and I did not know what a disciple was at the time. I didn't, I'm like, what? I don't know what this means. Give God the glory. I am a disciple. That's what it was. Give God the glory. I am a disciple. And, you know, yeah, I look back on the, that, that experience and what I was experiencing at that time. And I was like, oh, that was the Holy Spirit. That's what I was experiencing was this wasn't me. This was this amazing energy through me. And I would, you know, the Holy Spirit would have me write something I would be writing. And the next day I would give it to someone. They're like, how did you know that's what I needed to read? Or it would just be things like that where you're being used in the moment. Um, just a powerful experience. And still to this day, I mean, anything that when God speaks to me, um, just like I was, when I reached out and I did a, um, a pilot with one of the schools in um LA at the LA after school program with the Star Pals with Seed and when they asked me to Los come, Angeles not Louisiana yeah right. LA and uh, <laughs> so I was um asked to come teach a three and a half hour workshop to their after school workers their teachers we were going to um try to figure out how we could multiply the Star Pals message in as many directions as possible for the children and I was just terrified because I was like, oh, what did I just say yes to? Nah, I don't do public speaking. I'm not a teacher. I'm teaching teachers. I'm like, my, my mind's going a million miles an hour. The ego is just like, ah. Yeah. And um, I was standing, I, was, I remember exactly where I was. I was at work at the time um, this was going on. And God just spoke directly in, to my ear and said, I qualified you, Kimberly. Is that not enough? And I'm like, wow, yes, sir. <laughs> Man, you know, Kimberly, Kimberly hits me with that one every once in a while too, because oh. I, I feel like I feel like, man, this thing that I'm about to work on is going to be. We don't too, qualify ourselves. It's like, you know, it's like, how did you know? Sometimes, like, how did this stuff get on my table? You know, I feel like I feel like I'm not worth what you know responsibilities God's given me sometimes and Kimberly's like nobody's qualified you you don't have to qualify yourself God qualified you he wouldn't put it on your heart if you didn't know that you could finish the job yeah serious (laughs) and he puts it on your heart you finish the job you do and you just you just keep on going but I mean that's the that's the fun part of sharing you know when people get caught up oh religion I'm like no it's not religion it's a relationship and when you have that relationship you'll know it <laughs> because you will hear and feel yeah, and yeah. see things that you know are not coming from you. It's not your head talking to yourself. It is a voice of reason and wisdom from somewhere else that is leading you. And so I think our sharing our testimonies is such powerful because people can see like, yes, there was a transformation in you, but you, you weren't the one that triggered it. Maybe you had a question that triggered the transformation, but you know, even when I first met you, I remember that when I 
walk by, saw your sign. I'm like, hey, brother, you know, good job. Yay, thanks for doing the work. You know, and the yeah. next time, I guy was like, you need to go speak your, to your brother. And I'm like, okay, I will. And then that turned us into, into let's do a podcast. Let's talk about this. Let's, yeah. And then this just developed into this ongoing, wonderful relationship that we have and everything that yeah. we've been able to share so far yeah. and what's yet to come and... Those are the kind of things when God speaks in your ear, listen and do them. It's for a reason. <laughs> you know, it may seem tough, but, you know, God's got it. And you just got to, that's, you know, that's, going, that's going back to faith. That's the faith you know, and the you, trust. Have, you have faith that when you get in your car, your work is still going to be there. Or, you know, we, we put these, um, you know, words into digital maps that we're actually going to get to that destination on a map, although we've never been through that terrain, how can we not have faith that what God said is true and that there really is a heaven laid out before us? Right? Yeah, it's it's there. It is. Well, I've been, you know, I've mentioned this many times, but still since I think it was all the way back to 2006, I still wake up every morning and, First thing I say is, how can I most efficiently, effectively be your hands and feet today? And then I get excited because I have no idea what's going to show up, but it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. And that if you want to really strengthen your relationship, put it out there. Put it out there to God that, you know, you want to be part of advancing his kingdom. About You want to be part of celebrating all the the beautiful wins that he's put before us that, you know, I, I like what they say on um, Skywatch TV is keep your eye on the prize. Which, which is, is Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I don't so Yeah, yeah. They're, they're good guys. Um, the war has um, already been won. We just need to get more people in the kingdom. Man, I was, I was about to go into uh, my, my radio talk show host form and say, if you really want... I'm partially joking with the way that I'm doing it here, but but seriously, if you want to, if you're open to using your freedom of speech and expressing how you feel about about God or your your own um, personal uh, morals and looking into ethics and really really using your freedom of speech, start try try a podcast or you know do a video. Now more than ever, people intently use use these platforms and can use these platforms for good um uh, pod, planting seeds planting yeah, watering seeds pod bean, if, yeah we have an affiliate link just go to pod, it's, not, it's on our yeah it's, it's on, on our, our website, website. a call to actions.com uh podbean.com slash acas is the direct link and people will get one month free uh, podcasting. I mean, how, we don't know how long freedom of speech is going to be around, but while it's still here, let's express it and help help save lives while we're doing it. And you know, I'm, I'm a personal believer that through the spoken word, we can guide people to Christ. <clears throat> and you know, Jesus Christ is the ultimate example of how the spoken word can save lives. Right, Jay? Yes. Man, it saves. Every life, every life that, you know, finally has that seed planted in it, every person, their life is saved. 
forever and we get to be with them you know there's so many so many amazing people we'll get to hear all the hear see you know and experience you know what it was like for them to go through all their all their stuff and everything they did you know i mean they're going to be sitting around a table and there's going to be isaiah you know king david and I mean, think of all the people, the great prophets, and we get to hear stories from them, and they'll be asking us about what we did. I probably won't have much to say, but, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> the technology and the times we lived, and, um, you know, this is how I found Jesus, and, yeah. you know, and this is how he came to me, and, um, you know, it's just going to be, uh, it's just going to be amazing. Um, yeah. You know, I hasn't seen, ear heard. Uh, heart understood the things that he's prepared for us and that's just the facts eternal celebration <laughs> what a yeah, beautiful I mean, uh, thing to get excited about yeah it's um, <clears throat> there was something you said about uh, the fruit of the spirit uh, you know because you were you said that you experienced a change you know uh, I think a lot of people um, are looking for like uh, physical changes, works type stuff, but really the fruit of the Spirit is love, patience, grace, truth. You know, um, that gives way to all of those things that we do, you know, visibly, whether we're, you know, handing something out to the poor or just helping somebody with their homework one night, you know, but the the fruit of the spirit, that love, patience, grace, that is formed in us and it expresses itself outward later. You know, sometimes it's right away. Sometimes it takes a while to get through all the, you know, the layers of crust and <laughs> corruption that we've built up around ourselves. But God always shines through. Yeah. Always. And even starting small, usually small habits have a way of making themselves larger. I've noticed that's something I try to explain to my uh, my friend Stephen is you know little habits even if it's small you know we pick up on those and we tend as human beings tend to make those small habits uh, project them into larger ones in larger situations so even like small habits are are important and you know if yeah. we can just uh, if we can just give people Give our neighbors a little grace, a little bit. Um, in the case of grace, a little goes a long way. Yeah, right. I think the most important thing. High five. No, that was weak. <laughs> I mean, uh, in most of my interactions, especially when I'm on the receiving end of things, the one thing that I usually yearn for the most is um just forgiveness <laughs> so yeah yeah somebody yeah. if somebody's willing to do that for me um you know and i i've been on the receiving end of a lot of stuff and you know now um after some years it's like when somebody's in a similar situation all i have is compassion for them because like man i you know i wish i had had the mercy <laughs> yeah and yeah. you know that's yeah. really once you get to the point where you realize um show mercy show grace because you know 
whatever is going to happen to them, um, you know, hopefully it's God that's doing it because, uh, you know, it's like when uh, David was given the three choices, you know, you want to be delivered in the hands of your enemy or you want like a famine or do you want my wrath? David's like, yeah, I'll take you because I know if you all have mercy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that. It's like, talk about please, tough Lord, choice. deal with me. And, you know, because uh, when, you're, when you're dealing with other people, you just realize, just show them mercy, show them grace, you know, it's all forgiven, you know, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. Uh, you know, don't be offended by anything that's been done to you. You didn't, you know, just say you didn't offend me. It's okay. You know, I understand it happens and you know, God will deal with them, yeah. you know, but it's not your job to try to correct or do anything. Cause man, you got your own work cut out for you, you know, yeah, as I've... far as like <laughs> self-improvement. That's I've learned that's that way. Such it works. A good... It's such a good point. It's something that I learned and I say often to Bobby and it's a great reminder is it's enough to take care and work on ourselves. Forgive them for they know or know not what they do. Love them where they are. Try to inspire them to be, you know, a better loving, more graceful person. And just let's focus on, you know, making us a more graceful, loving, forgiving person. And, you know, when we do that, it's a more humbling, um, it, definitely feels better to to give people grace and it does to hold grudges or no, unforgiveness that, 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 so much so much wasted it's energy. liberating when you forgive others there, it is there's so much wasted energy on unforgiveness and anger and excessive stress you know that i i think about energy a lot and i Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I, I know that it's, it's, it may be tough and it may be more tough initially to learn how to forgive. But once you learn, but once one learns how to forgive or learns to forgive, it's, it's actually easy. And it's a game changer. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. When you, when you forgive others and you just focus on being a better person yourself, it, it, removes a lot of barriers to becoming a better person because to me unforgiveness um it's like rocks in the river it's things in the way it's just it holds you back from being a more fully loving person Mm -hmm. agreed yeah absolutely all right tell me about these dreams (laughs) (laughs) well we've gone off on a deep tangent here um tell me about these dreams well it was the dream that I had about the keys, the keys that were, um, there, there was an event that was about to happen and somehow I was able to get these keys and tuck them away somewhere so the event couldn't happen. And it was mm-hmm. definitely a ceremonial type, satanic type thing. And toward the end of the dream, I was, um, I had something that somebody that was going to leave this thing needed so I went back to my place and two other people came in with me and I was like oh yeah let me show you my place and they found the keys that I had set aside and were asking about the keys and the dream kind of ended at that point but the keys to me were taken away from and this could be just just straight on a personal liberation um, for me and what was going on with my family um, 
was I took those keys away from the negative and liberated to the positive. And I woke up feeling liberated. And it was the dream was pretty fast and a lot of information came through all at once. But mm-hmm. in, in just feeling like the, those keys were taken away from the kingdom of darkness and given back to the kingdom of light and love. And um, at least in me personally, I felt like whatever the enemy had on me or was trying to use to slow me down had been taken away. And maybe that was just something for me personally to experience, but I felt like there was more to it than that. And when the lady came, after you had acquired the keys, and the lady came and who's this lady? Was she part of the satanic ceremony or whatever? Um, the people that were with me, I don't know what the, what that came okay. in, found the keys. I don't know what they, they were, but they were attached to something. They were attached to like garland on a Christmas tree. That would have gone on me. a Christmas tree. Okay. And I was like, huh, yeah. if you think about how, you know, Christmas, which is supposed to be Christ in the middle, focused on Christ, right. was flipped over to, you know, this, that, and the other, look everywhere but to Christ. It, And then the Christmas tree, it was kind of like something along the lines of, let's take the keys away from this distraction you know, over here, away from what really matters, and bring it back to Christ. And so there was a liberation in that space because, you know, Hmm. the keys led me to Christ. And then I was taking keys away from the enemy. (laughs) So it was just a connection there that um, I woke up feeling different, like the enemy had less less of a hold or less of a, um, less energy, less ability to slow me down and then we talked about it about you know if, it, if the enemy can't get to you directly it's going to use the weaknesses of others around you um i've recognized that for some time i knew that it was happening um but i'd still you know pray that whatever those things are that come and try to slow me down that i recognize it for what it is neutralize it get into prayer focus on where I need to go with God. And um, I just was going to bring up the the, gym, the number of Made that showed up in the dream four days prior to that. And Carrie then, Made. Made. Yeah, but Made yeah, yeah. was her last name, M-A-D-E-J. Mm-hmm. And she's mm-hmm. a powerful Christian and believer yeah. and talks every, you know, conversation that comes up that, where she's interviewed is is directed, you know, to Christ. Mm-hmm. The number, the, the number, number was six forty, and then you put you sent me a number uh, or sent me something on Bible Hub. I just wanted to just get your your play on what you thought that represented exactly. Sure, let me uh, bring it up real quick. It was six forty. Yeah. I have it in my phone in our conversation. No, I have it. It's. Uh... Really, I don't believe it was 640. Didn't you? Didn't you plug that into Gematria and? Uh, I plugged it into Gematria, and then you sent me the Bible Hub 640, which was. Oh, I think it was. Uh, okay, hold on. Yeah. And it was the. There we go. Yeah. It was the Hebrew 640, not the not the Greek. Okay. 
I didn't know um, there was a difference. Yeah. 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 There's uh, there's Hebrew and then there's Greek. Hebrew, of course, Old Testament. Greek is New Testament. But uh, Strong uh, took all of the, the words in the Bible and I don't want to say alphabetized them, but he put them all in order, assigned each one a number, and where it was, and uh, you know, listed where it was used in the Bible, and that's where we get Strong's numbers from. Okay, so the Strong's number is Hebrew, Strong's number is Greek, and Strong's number Hebrew, and um, I don't remember why um, I did six forty in Hebrew, but. Uh, Maybe that's the Holy Spirit doing that. Right, right. Because I just, that was like the first thing I went to. And I normally do Greek, uh, to be honest. But in, anyway, uh, 640 is ephod. And um, the definition of this is to gird on the ephod. And, you know, what is a ephod? It's what the priest wears, their uh, breastplate, right? So mm. as a priest... Priestess, remember, we're all kings and priests when, um, you know, through grace of Christ. Mm -hmm. And when it says to gird on your ephod, it means get ready, put on your armor. You know, to me, your whole dream is about taking the, the power of the enemy from, you know, their, uh, I don't want to say enchantments or spells, but that's, I guess that's kind of what they are. Because, I mean, remember that. Actively, right now, there really are people who think that they're going to be rewarded by Satan in the afterlife somehow uh, for doing his bidding. And they are in circles and their little chalk draw, you know, drawings and their candles and their, mm -hmm. you know, what kind of music they're playing. But, you know, they're chanting things and they're in circles and they're actively trying to bring about uh, this ridiculous darkness. And all it takes is one prayer from a Christian to destroy all that. <laughs> yeah. So that's all, I mean, you know, the enemy might seem to make headway, but, you know, God would deliver, you know, one righteous man out of, out of a thousand uh, uh, people. He would find a way to deliver that one righteous person, no matter what storm was upon them, you know? And it's, uh, it's so ridiculous to me because the enemy has really no power except uh, whatever you allow, you know? I mean, because there are, it's like a law case. There are things that we allow, and if there's, you know, chinks in our armor for, in, you know, opening a door to uh, the enemy in some way, um, you know, stuff can happen. But at the end of the day, I mean, God's not going to allow anything to happen to you that, you know, is going to, like, destroy you or whatever. He, he, uh, you know, he might be doing it just to show the enemy that you really have no power over this person. Mm -hmm. You think you can make headway. You think you can attack them. You think your old chanting is going to do something. And, you know, maybe it gives you like a headache. <laughs> but that's it. You know, <laughs> the enemy has no power. You've taken the keys from them, at least in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, you've taken the power away from the enemy. I think that's what your dream is. Yeah. I, I But the way that I felt when I woke up was... A complete liberation it just felt like whatever storm that you tried to stir and brew and you know throw at us that it's come to an end <laughs> yep and 
I feel really good about that. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to connect today is we felt that, you know, one, it's been a long time coming that we connect and share and make sure that people know about the stuff that you've done um, on One Step Eternity on YouTube is, Mm -hmm. you know, I think the Bible is the most fascinating subject to talk about. On any, I mean, it's just, it's fascinating that it has prophecy that gets fulfilled after fulfilled after fulfilled after fulfilled. It's like God's telling you what you need to do, and then he does it. And it's fascinating. I don't know how anybody could not want to just learn more about the Bible and, and just jump in there. It, it, it's never ending. It's alive. It's multidimensional. It's got... Um, all the answers that you could ever need and then some and you know I don't even pretend to be anywhere close to being a scholar of any of the Bible but I will tell you that my personal Bible verse is Hebrews uh, 12.1 I believe it was Uh, anyway it's therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us set aside every weight and sin that clings and um, run the race with perseverance set before us and that was a long one to pick as my personal verse, but it was the Holy Spirit that picked it for me when I was a newbie Christian. And it means a lot to me today because perseverance is the main ingredient in the recipe to success. You just persevere through whatever circumstances there are. And I'm a runner, so I had running in there. And then, um, you know, of course, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses everywhere we go. And our witnessing, um, our testimony is a powerful seed to plant in anyone that doesn't yet know God. So that all said a whole bunch of stuff about my life in that one particular verse. And um, I guess we can wrap things up here and we can always do a follow-up at another time. But um, we're very grateful that you were holding that sign, Jay, and that you were obedient to the Holy Spirit telling you to get out there. At least once. (laughs) I wonder, I wonder if anyone will take inspiration and go back out there to that same corner. You know, they're sitting sitting at their couch. No, I've seen with their people friends. get out there here and there. Like, like, you remember that dude that used to hold that sign up? No like, one cu- shall that perish. said the Revelation 12 sign happened? Because that's what it said. It said Revelation 12 was seen. Yeah. Jesus saves on the other side. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of room, you know. I, I bet you, you, you probably. Well, I, if I was a betting man, I'd say you inspired a lot of people. Oh, uh, we, inspired when I was, us. When by, we would sit there and talk, we would get lots of horns beeping and smiling faces. Yeah. And so, um, before we head off, is there anything else you want to say, Jay? Uh, I'm going to read. Yes. I'm going to read my favorite couple of verses before we close the session but uh the mic is yours brother all right well uh since you shared your favorite bible verse uh i'll share you my favorite bible story Mm -hmm. and it's the story that stuck with me and has kept me going and it's a simple story um jesus was going through a town teaching and a leper came up to him and he said jesus if you want you can make me clean and jesus said i want to be clean. That is, for me, the most powerful thing, um, because 
God can do anything he wants, you know? He can cleanse lepers, he can make the blind see, he can raise people from the dead, all of that. And the thing is, is that he wants to. He wants to make us clean. He wants to raise us from the dead. He wants us to be with him. He wants to be with his creation. He wants to do everything for us, you know? All he wants yeah. to do everything for us and to have his trust in him. He's going to do everything for us. And he's already laid it out. All we have to do is walk. We don't have to, you know, run or, you know, hike up some mountain, fell some amazing, you know, Goliath, you yeah. know. But that'll happen. And all we have to do is just put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Just trust in him. And that, to me, like, that's my story there is, you know, I really just came to God and said, God, you, you can make it all right if you want to. And he said, I want to. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of, that's my Bible verse there. It's in Matthew. And um, as far as the Bible being infinite, uh, I was at a study group uh, several months ago, and I was getting ready to do a new video. And, um, you know, the guy asked me, he said, uh, well, how do you, how is it that the Bible is like alive, you know, I don't get it. And I said, well, um, the Hebrews understand that for pretty much every verse, there are four levels of depth. You have, um, if I can remember them, but you have a uh, Peshat, you have, uh, rim, I think it's Rimes, Peshat, um, Drash, and Sod. Hmm. And, um, the first one is an ox, and it is the ox head or the the calf head. Um, I've had I've ha I had a, a picture of it, but basically it's a, the picture of an ox. And the second one underneath that is the picture of a man. The one underneath that is the picture of a lion, and the one underneath that is the picture of the eagle. And what it is is it shows the progression of someone who is studying. Um, God and becoming closer to God and their levels of understanding as they grow in the spirit. Mm -hmm. And at first, you know, there are people that read the Bible religiously, but they don't ever learn anything. Look at the scribes and the Pharisees and all the people who were supposed to, they knew the word, but they didn't recognize the word when it was standing right in front of them. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. They knew the law, but they didn't understand the letter of the law. Or they knew the letter, but they didn't, you know, you know what I mean. And um, after you are at a point where you have read enough that you begin to see the connections uh, in the Bible and understand that there's something deeper, you move on from the being an ox, just, oh, you know, I'll read this, this today's my daily verse, and, you know, never give it another thought to, wait a second, God said this somewhere else, but he changed it a little bit. Why? You know, it gets you to question. And at that point, when you question and have curiosity and begin to see a deeper meaning, you move to um, a different underst a deeper understanding and you become, you know, kind of like a, uh, a human being questioning their own existence. And wait a second, there's more to this. And after study and, you know, guidance from the Holy Spirit through all levels, not just the second one, but through all levels, you begin to have the word planted uh, in your heart. And at that point, you can't help but speak it. 
because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm -hmm. And what is it that you call someone who goes around speaking the word but a preacher and a roaring lion? You know, Jesus came preaching. He is the lion of Judah, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, he came as a lamb, returns as a lion. But, I mean, he was a lion while he was here, really, because um, he was a preacher. He preached the word, you know, the, the kingdom. And after that, after you've studied enough and are ready to move to a, a different level, you finally reach the last level, which is the eagle. And that is the one, the level where you begin to see the grand perspective and design and how every book in the Bible points to Jesus, how the things that are written in the Bible from the beginning are mirrored at the end because the end was declared from the beginning. And you begin to have an eagle's eye perspective of what is written in there and, um, you know, throughout your journey, you'll learn all kinds of things. God will speak to you personally, and he'll train you in your own personal way. And um, you'll begin to realize that the differences in the four Gospels are prophetic differences. Oh, apologies. Um, mm -hmm. That the differences in the four Gospels are prophetic differences. That... The numerical value of words have significant meaning in Hebrew and Greek, where when God's talking about the Holy Spirit, um, I don't remember exactly what the number is, but when he's talking about the Ruach HaKodesh in Hebrew, it has like a numerical value of, let's say, uh, oh gosh, what was it? <laughs> I'm sorry. It, maybe let's say um, 74. Okay. In Greek, when he's talking about the Holy Spirit, it has a numerical value of 740. Like certain words are multiplied by 10, which is a you know number of completion and all that. God uses numbers to communicate uh, very deep meanings. I mean, he created them. <laughs> Everything he creates has deep meaning and purpose. And um, when you begin to realize that the Bible is alive, you also begin to realize, and I explained this to the guy that uh, asked me the question, but I, I added at the end, you have to realize that God knew everyone who would ever pick up the Bible and read it. God knew everyone who would ever believe on Jesus and trust in him. And because of that, God purposefully put secret things in there just for you to discover through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Everyone, like that's why every verse speaks to somebody differently and impacts and, and certain things happen in your life that make those verses jump out, but that's the way that it was designed. God created the Bible and you and all this stuff and he hid things in there for you to find. Just because he loves you, just because he's like, hey, you you ready for an Easter egg hunt? You know, here yeah. you go. The Holy Spirit's the great decoder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He knew everyone that would ever pick it up and believe. And through the Holy Spirit, you're able to see the things that he put in there just for you. Yes, there's sermons and all that stuff for everyone else, but people get disconnected and they don't realize that that was for you personally. Not like humanity. It's for you personally. God 
is a, you know, individual person, you know, uh, he cares about the individual on an individual basis. Yes, he saved the world and everything, but individually, he, he did it for you. You know, and that's and so the relationship. That's, that's the relationship. relationship. Yep. And he did that for you, and he hid things in there for you just so that you would realize he had you in mind when he wrote this thing yeah. before you even existed. And that is uh, why the Bible is alive. Yes, you can do gematria on the uh, words in the Bible. He, God, will send numbers to you. Um, you know, to to speak to you. He will lead you on different Bible studies if you want him to. And he will reveal things to you that have been sealed up for 6,000 years if you want. Mm-hmm. You know, it's choose your yeah. own adventure. How, how deep do you want to go? All right. But he'll, he'll lead you through it all because he wants to. He wants you to say, oh, wow, you blew my mind, God. <laughs> I he can't does. believe it. That's the numerical <laughs> value of these things and, you know. The timelines and Daniel's prophecies and the Revelation 12 sign that really happened and Israel coming back into existence just like they said it was. And, you know, the years from Adam to Abraham was 1948 and years from Jesus to rebirth of Israel was 1948, you know, and you start realizing that the connections and the, the years of the, that people lived in the Bible have numerical significance and even their names have numerical significance when you add up the value of the letters. Mm-hmm. And um, once you get to that point, then, you know, you will have moved through, uh, you know, the different levels of learning and you'll be quote unquote trained. And you'll, you're training, you're, your training never really stops, to be honest, because it's infinite. There's infinite depth mm-hmm. uh, in the Bible that I've discovered. And that's right. That's beautiful. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for all that, Jay. Jay Harden. Check out his YouTube channel, which is One, one Step Eternity. One Step Eternity. I'm going to close this session with saying Ephesians 6, 12, and 13. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Brother Jay, it is an honor. We'll talk soon. All right, I love you guys. Take care. Thank you, Jay. I love you, Jay. Love you. Peace, brother. <laughs> all right, bye-bye.